Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to the final show of 2021. And I want to thank you all for listening. And of course, I also want to give a really special thank you to our podcast sponsor, NetHealth. They have been an amazing partner for the past couple of years, and they also have what's called uh, NetHealth's Digital Marketing Solutions. So they have the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want to get your clinic found, chosen, and get those five-star reviews. I have to say, I am using them now, and they are working with me um, to increase my Google ranking and also with some digital ads, and we just started our ads yesterday and had two people call for appointments already. So amazing. It definitely works. Um, And they have a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they'll buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. I would do it. I love, I think they're great to work with. They're really amazing. And I am definitely seeing results. So we're doing our annual 2021 wrap-up, and I am so happy to have co-host and all-around great person, Dr. Jenna Cantor, as the guest today, or even co-host, I should say. So Jenna is the founder of Jenna Cantor Physical Therapy, a musical therapy doc. She's a bubbly and energetic woman who was born and raised in Petaluma, California. She trained intensively at Petaluma City Ballet, Houston Ballet, Ballet Met, Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, Regional Dance America Choreography Conference, and Regional Dance America. Over time, The injuries added up, and she knew she would never have a lasting career in ballet. This led her to the University of California, Irvine, where she discovered a passion for musical theater. Upon graduating, Jenna worked professionally in musical theater for 15-plus years, then found herself ready to move on to a new chapter in life. She was teaching ballet to kids aged 4 through 17 and group fitness classes to adults. Through teaching, she discovered she had a deep interest in the human body and desire to help others on a higher level. She then was accepted into the DPT program at Columbia University, where she graduated a number of years ago. Uh, she's the co-founder of Fairy Tale Physical Therapy, which brings musical theater shows to children in, to children in hospitals. Started a podcast titled Physiotherapy Performance Perspectives. She's also a co-host on this podcast as well. She is on the marketing and PR committee for the private practice section. And she also offers online courses for professional artists called The Powerful Performer. So I want to thank Jenna for coming on. And in this episode, we talk about our highs and lows and everything in between over the past year, which included COVID and navigating that within the healthcare system with our patients. Uh, We talk about the uh, online bullying that happens certainly in the profession of physical therapy, as is most places, um, and also talked about kind of what our growth has been over the past year and how 
we have found that having a great group of people around you can make all the difference. Uh, So big thanks to Jenna and a big thank you to you, to everyone listening out there for supporting the podcast all year. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you for listening. And uh, we're really looking forward to a big 2022. We've got some amazing guests uh, lined up to come on to the podcast that I think you'll be really excited about. And I just want to wish you all a very, very happy and healthy new year. Hey, Jenna, welcome back to the podcast for our annual year-end roundup, if you will. Um, And I want to thank you for being a great uh, addition to the podcast and for pumping out really amazing podcast episodes. You're a great host. The energy is fantastic. And the podcast episodes are always great. So I want to thank you for that. Oh my God, you're so sweet. I like, I do, was definitely not as much of a podcaster this year. I acknowledge that. But hey, listen, we've all been adjusting this year to pandemic and now pandemic still happening, but also recovery. And uh, I'm just grateful to still be a part of this podcast in any manner, to be in this interview right now, because I really, you and I are very much on the same page regarding remaining evidence-based and speaking to people that we respect in this industry and also people that we want to see just rise and and have great success. So uh, I'm just grateful to be, honestly, I I am humbled to still be in the room here with you. Thank you. That's so nice. So kind. Um, Now let's talk about this past year. So 2021, obviously dominated by the ups and downs of COVID, which is still going on as we speak. We're, we're both in the Northeast, so we're experiencing an incredibly high surge at the moment. So COVID is obviously a big story. Um, and I think part of the COVID journey that isn't being talked about as much I think general public, certainly the mainstream media, are people now living with long COVID. It is just something that seems to be skimmed over. And we know that at least at least the bare minimum is 10% of people diagnosed with COVID will go on to have symptoms of long COVID. And instead of the, some of the studies that I have read recently, those percentages are much, much higher. So what, I guess, what is your take on all of that? And what do you think we as physical therapists can do to keep this in the, in the, forefront of people's minds. We discussed this before, but I think there's going to be bias within this. So I want to acknowledge that we all have our biases. That being said, I think we need to first acknowledge there was a phase where there was a part of the world that did not think COVID was real. So based on the research that is out there and personal experience of a lot of people getting it, as well as personal friends, very close personal friends working in hospitals in New York specifically, COVID is real. So I want to say that first. Um, I'm not going to defer from that. I really wish there, I'm, I think we're past that in the world. I think uh, there was never a clear cut of like, oh, got it. I see that it's real. I was wrong. I would have liked that moment because that hurt people in the process. But uh, but I just want to say that first. So COVID is real, okay? Now, let's not belittle it. And I think in regards to the patient care, 
I think this, the reality of long COVID needs to be just as respected. Just like when you have a patient that comes in the door and says they're in pain and you don't believe them, we need to stop that. So we need to believe them and their symptoms and what they have and what it's from and treat it accordingly. Because if we go in the door to help out these individuals who are struggling with this, they're not going to get better. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I've heard from people living with long COVID that people don't believe them, even their own family members people in who work in medicine, they don't believe them. So I think that's a huge takeaway that if as clinicians, we can do one thing, sit down, listen, believe, because the symptoms that they're having are real. We did a couple of episodes on long COVID. I think it was back in August and spoke with three amazing therapists and uh, they're all involved with long COVID physio. So if anyone out there wants more information on living with long COVID, I would definitely uh, steer you to Long COVID Physio on Twitter and and their website as well, because they are a wealth of knowledge. These are people living with long COVID. They are allies. They are researchers, and I think they're putting out some amazing information that can help not just you as the clinician, but if you know someone that maybe you're not directly treating, maybe it's a family member living with long COVID. I think the more information you have, the more power you can kind of take back to yourself. I love that. I love yeah. that. It's, yeah. the, it's the biopsychosocial model, I mean, too, that I, I from working, because I work specifically more with performers, the psychosocial component, uh, my my patients, my people, I call them my people, my people would not be getting the results they're getting if I didn't ha- deal with that with them, standing by their side, holding their hands, helping them through and out of their pain, their symptoms every day. And this uh, that goes for anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and we now know, speaking of performers, that a lot of Broadway shows are being sort of canceled and then restarted and canceled and restarted because of COVID outbreaks within the cast. So this may be something people might think, oh, I work with performers. I don't have to worry about long COVID. Well, maybe you do. Yeah. Yeah. And and for them, it's the, from the performers that I'm in contact with on Broadway that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very connected. I've been in the, the musical theater industry for a very long time. So for the people who are on Broadway, the individuals I've spoken to, they're doing okay, which I'm really, really grateful for. It is a requirement for the performers to be triple vaccinated. And now they're getting triple vaccinated. I know one performer uh, on Broadway who was about to get her booster shot and then ended up getting COVID, which was quite unfortunate. She's doing okay though. Uh, grateful. No signs of long COVID right now, but for the performers, if you're talking about dance, there's endurance and breathing that is necessary. If the singers, even if they're, they're not dancing, they still dance. They're still asked to do things. They still have out of breath, emotional moments where breathing is challenged. So and I'm just bringing up one component with long COVID, but that's, that's a big standout for performers specifically that need, uh, I needs to be kept out for them. I, I remember one time during 
oh goodness, during 2020, and it was the latter portion of the year, and I was doing virtual readings with performers. That's how I was staying connected with my my friends and people in the industry. And it was our way of being creative in the meantime, while we're waiting for things to open back up. And one individual, she, I, I just cast her to read as the lead in the show. And she was so good. It was my first time hearing her perform, first time meeting her. She was outstanding, outstanding. And at the end of it, we were going around checking in with each other how we were doing. And she started to cry and opened up about losses in her family due to COVID and that she didn't think she would be able to sing like that again because she had been dealing with her breathing problems for so long. And so then we all got emotional with her. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a real thing. We didn't have the vaccination then. So I'm interested to see statistically where we are at with long COVID with having the antibodies in in our systems obviously everybody is different but i'm hoping that there's less of it Mm -hmm. because of the vaccine yeah time will tell right yeah we have we need those data points so aside from obviously covid being i think the biggest story of the year certainly within healthcare and even within our field of physical therapy um what else have you seen over 2021 or maybe it was in an interview you did or a paper you read that really stuck out for you as, as a big part of the year. You know, it, it made it's made it, it made its mark for you. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to focus just on the PT community. And I want to emphasize with community, I see our community at really, we've always butted heads. There's always things that we butted heads on, uh, but, um, I'll just give the instance that really made me go, whoa, I was in a room with a bunch of intelligent, wonderful human beings and discussing some, I I said a term uh, that I thought was really common, especially because in the musical theater industry, we are fighting for DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion all the time. Like this is a, a, a topic of conversation all the time. It is a huge thing in regards to casting what is visually out there the most at like the highest level. And, and BIPOC, the phrase BIPOC was unrecognized by a good portion of physical therapists in this room. And I was disappointed I was, it said so much. It doesn't, it's not saying that a person is evil for not knowing. No. And that is not my point, but it is a problem that it's not being discussed to the level where these common, extremely common phrases are not just known. That just says a lot to me because it's in regards to people getting in the door access and being reached in lesser, uh, lesser affluent areas that to me it it shows that it's not being discussed it's not being addressed if it was then BIPOC would be uh, this is just one instance but I I thought that was very eye-opening because it's just like saying uh, I'm going to eat today someone saying I'm I'm not gonna what you're not eating I don't know that was a bad example but just something that is or, or you wake up you breathe that is how 
known the phrase BIPOC. Same thing with LGBTQIA plus in my community. Like uh, for me to go into another room and for things to need to be defined, I know we all have different worlds, but I think as physical therapists, there there's a, a disconnect unfortunately, depending on wherever we are from. And we need to fix that because I can't live everywhere. I can't treat everyone in the world. I can't treat all the performers in the world. I don't want to. I like having my niche practice and treating select individuals and boom, and my people do very well. And if uh, it gets to a point that it starts to grow, I'm going to be passing them along because I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want it to be huge like that. And with that in mind, I need more people who know and therefore are our allies. To me, it's a lack of allyship, of just not knowing the basic language. And I and I apologize to anyone who's listening. Uh, my intention is not to sound like a white savior at all. It's not. But with my limited knowledge at this point, I'm already seeing something that is really, really lacking amongst each other. And we need to fix it. I don't know if it's books or I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just addressing that was, that was the biggest standout thing for me this year. And for, for those of, of you who maybe are not familiar with the American Physical Therapy Association, they have what's called House of Delegates. So they had a meeting um, in September of this year during the APTA centennial celebration. And in that, they did pass a resolution that the APTA would be an anti-racist organization. Now, were you in the room when that passed, Jenna? No, I was not in the room. I was actually there at the House of Delegates, a bit discouraged this year. I know it, I, the fact that they were able to figure out in any manner to put it on is is a feat to be had after uh, 20, uh, 2020. However, the in-person, when you go, and if you are not a delegate, which I was not this year, you can usually sit in the room and just be in the back and listen because they because of the space that they got and the way it was set up there were chairs in the back of the room but there weren't that many and it filled up so they already preemptively set up another room where you could watch what was happening on a tv which uh did not sit well with me because i could have stayed home instead of flying in for that so i was definitely not in the room i definitely uh was less present this year because of that I was I was bitter I was bitter I was bitter I felt like I I already know you it's it's through elected and know who you know to become a delegate but I really felt um uh, uh disrespected and unimportant um uh being in a separate room watching from a tv rather than actually getting to be in the room because there are ways that they hold the meeting where you can stand up to say a point of order to speak on some points from the uh, from the back of the room and uh, i i just wasn't even gonna wait to see how they figured that out i just felt like uh, not a, not an important voice so i wasn't present for that but i do know about that um, I think it's wonderful to get that on the docket. But the same thing when we voted in DEI unanimously, how? What comes next, you mean? Yeah. What like, are the next what steps? Is, yeah. What is the game plan? Because for me, I can say a sentence like that 
but then what are the actual actions? And that's mm-hmm. where it's like, is that going to happen two years down the road, three years? What are we at? What are we actually doing? What are the measuring points and take action? Not meetings on it, not being hesitant on making mistakes. Let's make mistakes. Let's mm-hmm. just go for it. That's the only mm-hmm. way we're going to learn. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a graceful change, no matter how hard you try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think like you said, what comes next is, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what are the action steps they're going to take in order to create the, and, and live up to the, the words of being an anti-racist organization. Um, Cause it was passed overwhelmingly. Right. And then I'm so sure they applauded next? for it, you know, um, mm-hmm. like this is great. But to me, um, I, I think uh, it's, um, I, I, it's just like, okay, you know, like what, but now what, um, because from, uh, DEI and they, I've heard that they're trying in the back in this behind the scenes trying Mm -hmm. to move forward, but I, I have not seen action there and maybe I'm missing something, you know, feel free to call me out, call me, whatever. Like I'm, I would love to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These big organizations are slow ships to steer. That's not any excuse whatsoever, but I understand there's a lot of layers that one has to go through to make things happen. As you know, you've been volunteering for the APTA for a long time, so you understand that. But I think a lot of people who don't, don't. So that's why I just wanted to kind of bring that up and saying like, yeah, it takes it takes a long effing time to get yeah. stuff done, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can hear it. I'm frustrated by it. Yeah. I'm not I'm yeah. not happy about it. And But it's it's because of... Uh, my friends, the conversations I have, and I, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm a cis white stereotypical female. Mm-hmm. So like the, the way the world has been made and the way it caters to humans, it fits me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit everyone. And I, I like, I can't imagine what it would be like to just be left out of, of mm-hmm. every, a lot of things in everyday life. I, th- yeah. I think it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What else? What else do you think was a big, something that you saw within the profession um, or even trends in, in health and fitness that might have really changed over this past year for better or for worse? Um, I can think of one, I think, and this is just my opinion, um, that uh, the, the communication via social media has gotten a little too aggressive. Is that a nice way of saying it? Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I took like a little break because I was, I can't say I was bullied because I feel like bullying, that's sort of like, you know, someone is having like a sustained go at you. So I don't know. No, that I would say it's, bullying. it's bullying is bullying. Yeah. Bullying is bullying. That's the thing is that we have a lot of bullying that happens, but then they gaslight you about their bullying. It's yeah. like, whoa, it's next. It's almost like a strategy. Like they're playing a game of monopoly and they have yeah. it down how to win. Like, yeah, people bully. There is a lot yeah. of bullying. Yeah. A lot of bullying. <laughs> a lot of threatening, like I get like threatening DMs or people threatening me, you know, through their uh, Instagram stories or whatever. Um, For, I can't imagine, I I look back at at interactions and I'm like, I don't get it. 
Yeah. It's, I don't get it's, it. It's, and, yeah. So I just, and, and my first reaction was to like, when people will do this and be so aggressive is to send like a Taylor Swift gif of her song, you need to calm down. And then I have to take a step back and be like, that's not going to help the situation any. Right, right, <laughs> so right. I don't do it. I just sort of back off. But I think because of that bullying or threatening behavior, I've really like- I'll say it, bullying, continue. I've, <laughs> I've just like for the past couple of months have really taken a, a back seat to any kind of social media just to like give myself like a mental health break, you know? Like, meaning I don't comment on things. I might post some things here and there, but I don't really make any comments unless it's too. And that's mainly, and I'm going to say this because from what I can tell, it's true, is it happens to be men in the profession who are a little more aggressive than the women. Like women can seem to have a bit of a nicer conversation around whether it's a question or you know, something, but when a lot of the men, it's just becomes so like ego driven that there's no resolution and it's just mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I was like, I need to take a break. So I, I saw a lot more of that this year. I don't know if it's because of lockdowns and because of a heightened sense of, um, uh, what's the word? stress to begin with and then yeah. you layer something else on top of it. I don't know, but I, I saw that this year, definitely for the worse. Cause I just think, gosh, if people outside the profession are looking in and watching these exchanges, what are they thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely seen it in cis males specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, not, it, honestly, it, um, it doesn't, it's not a specific color of mm -mm. skin, um, but specifically cis males. Yeah, I would I would agree with that as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, I I have I have experienced a little, not not to uh, the level, but I've definitely experienced that. Um, uh, and it's for 2021, and it's not okay. No, it's not okay. I have I overlook it as a blessing, and this is where I, I get I, I, I and I, I love looking at it like this. Yes, please, please thank tell you, me. Thank you for identifying that you have no space in my room, my shelf, my space at all. I will not take advice from you in the future, and I will not heed any any value to what you have to say because of your willingness to chop me down. Thank you mm -hmm. for identifying yourself. I'm now in the debate of blocking you for my mental health, and that's it. And that includes in person. Uh, th that's it. That's it. And uh, I really don't look as blocking as like, whoa, for me, I'm going like, no, I don't want to know you. Yeah. I don't want to know you. And my life is so much better because of it. When I was mm -hmm. at the PPS conference, because of, of just going no to the, to the people I don't want to know and just saying like, just straight up, like, I, like, I don't need you. I don't mm -hmm. need you. Um, I want to be a service to people who need physical therapy period. So people are going to just, you know, find ways, you know, and spend their time writing some angry thing, have at it. That's on them. That's yeah. on them. Like I'm like, like, and if it, and honestly, I, I will likely block you. Um, I love that. I love like you're, you're, it's not just that you're blocking the person you're blocking the energy, blocking the energy that they're bringing into you and draining you down. So then you're not at your best when yeah. you're with your friends or loved ones, patients, even at, with yourself. 
Yeah. You know, if you have to ruminate on these people, I love that. Yeah. It's not, yeah. A, it's not just blocking you from social media. It's blocking the energy that you, the, the bad vibes, if you will, that you're bringing yeah. in. And that affects you. That affects your mental health. It affects you emotionally. And it can carry through to a lot of other parts of your life. And who needs that? Yeah. And, and for anybody who's trying saying like, I didn't bully, da, 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 like, okay, let's, let's look at it this way. When you're messaging an individual something, first of all, we all know this. When you write in text, everybody's going to interpret it with different tone. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you write in text, we all know this and we're taking advantage of that fact. So that way you can later go, oh, I said it in a nice tone. BS. When you are typing it, it can be in whatever freaking tone and you know what you're doing. Also, when you're not talking to a person, the only time you show up is to say something negative. Yeah. That's you're not, your voice is not important. And you know, your voice isn't important. It's so true. And what I've actually seen is a lot of these, these kinds of people, they're not getting the attention they used to get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know? Cause I think more people are of the mindset of like, I don't need this anymore. Like yeah. this was, maybe this was funny. Maybe this was cute a couple years ago. Uh-uh, not anymore. And also I love, um, I, I don't like having down moments, but we all have our down moments in our career and in our life. Mm-hmm. But I, what I do love about the down moments in the career, in life, the people who are around at that time, those are your friends. Those mm-hmm. are the people you want to know. So I love my moments in the PT world when I'm in a down moment because the people who want to talk to me then, those are the people I want to know. Whereas when I'm, you know, a, can, a, a candidate for the private practice section, you know, which is uh, awesome, and then people want to actually talk to me then, I, I'm, I'll wait. I'm going to wait and see when, you know, I'm not that. Am I still Mm -hmm. someone you want to speak to? That is, those are the people I want to invest time in. Those are the people I want to invest time in. I want to see you, you do well and vice versa. I want to be able to get to know you as a human more and more and more. I just want the true relationships. It doesn't mean I'm going to have time or, you know, we're going to have time to talk every day, but I want those true relationships. Mm -hmm. So for me, those downtimes, when I might not look the most graceful, I might be messing up or maybe not messing up. Maybe I'm actually making a change here speaking on something or getting people to think differently. Ever thought of that? You know, awesome. Like, are you going to be here to chop me down or just be here to have a conversation and a friend having a conversation, set up a phone call. If you really care, like if you really, but you don't, people don't care that are reaching out. They don't care about you. They don't Mm -hmm. care about me when they're reaching out to give feedback. Let's have a comfort. No, they just want to get into an attack mode. Mm -hmm. We know, we know, no, don't try to decorate it. We know that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And who wants that? We're too tired. There's enough going on. Yeah, there's enough going on. And, you know, this conversation really made me reflect on the past year. And I think what's been a good thing has been the deepening of good relationships. So like nobody has time for that other like bad stuff anymore. Like there's enough bad stuff happening. Like I don't have time for that. But what you do have time for is the relationships that are two-sided, you know, a nice bilateral relationship that you're willing to invest in and allow that relationship to come deeper and grow. And I feel like, you know, and like, you don't have to be friends with a thousand people, 
You know, you can be friends with a handful. You can be friends with one person. And if that person it's it's real and deep and meaningful, then isn't that wonderful? Um, and I think years ago, I used to think, oh, the more people you know, the better. Uh, I, me too, me too. And, and now I think because of the upheaval of the last couple of years now, I'm really finding like, you know, I need like a couple good people that I can count on to have my back to, like you said, lift you up when you need to, and maybe to like give you the honest truth when you need it as well. Right. Um, Exactly. So I've been really, really happy that over the past year, I've made some really nice, deeper connections with people than the physical therapy world, sports medicine world. And I'm really, really happy about that. So I think that's been a real positive for me. And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth, and be right back. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth is a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. I totally agree with you. I mean, our relationship is naturally growing over time, which I appreciate. And and uh, I really do, uh, I completely on the same page, completely on the same page. And, and for me, uh, when I go to conferences, like I'm really isolating more and more who are the who are the people that like I must spend time with, and and then if other people want to join, sure, you know, absolutely. But I I'm not overwhelming myself. Oh, I need to be friends with them. no, I don't mm-hmm. need to. And and you know what? Like that became very apparent when I seeing people speak even at PPS where they uh um. Uh, goodness, uh, they were showing slideshows with their friends. And it was like literally all people who are elected and in the higher positions are all best friends with each other. It is. It's true. You can't deny it if you're mm-hmm. up there, if you're one of mm-hmm. those people. It's true. And you know what? I look at it like this. My friends may go up there too. That may. That's not why I'm friends with you though. You know, mm-hmm. I'm friends with you because I like you as a person. Uh, so I I don't know. I'm going to let that lay and not even explain and go into more depth and let people interpret that how they want. And the right people will stay in my life. <laughs> exactly. So what are the, what are their, let's, let's sort of wrap this up on a positive note. What other sure. positive things came to you this year? Um, whether it be professionally, personally. Ooh, um, I think being more comfortable in my skin mm. at conferences. So I, I had the, I mean, absolute honor. Uh, like I was really overwhelmed with happiness at the private practice conference this year. It was just so cool to be nominated. And I felt so much more comfortable in my own skin going up there. I, I, I you know, there, there are a couple of naysayers not realizing there would be naysayers that, you know, that I had to deal with, but going up and uh, it, it was a small moment, but 
we have you have this rehearsal. I don't know if it's done the same way for the nominees where they go. Oh, you, you practice when your name's called going behind the podium and then walking down the stairs. So you know what to do when you're asked to go out there and give your speech. And I went out there and I did a grapevine to my spot. And I mean, I was so happy I did that because I was feeling it. And that's what I would do. And I did a grapevine. And I know that's silly. Nobody else paid attention to me honestly probably knew that I was doing it and, and some were probably like oi but I didn't care I was like I am on this freaking stage right now this is the coolest thing and uh to to be at that place of like more self-acceptance because I know I don't have the stereotypical personality and energy you know that that is normally accepted amongst the the vast community so to be more me in that moment I felt very proud. I felt very proud of myself. And that was really cool. I'm really, really happy about that. And then I like Dan, you know, sat down and ate some more bacon. It was great. Well, and you know, being comfortable in your own skin, that then comes across to the people who are in front of you. So when the speech actually came about, I'm sure people picked up on that picked up on the fact that you're now more comfortable in your skin, that you're more comfortable perhaps as a physical therapist. And, and cause you found your, not that you, I, you've already had this niche, but you sort of found your niche. You know what you, what you're in the physical therapy world to do. Does that mm-hmm, make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I got a little bit picked on for being too perfect with my speech and everything. Eh. And I was like, I, I, you know, in reflection on that, I was like, they just haven't fully accepted my energy. That's okay. They'll yeah, get there. Okay. That's okay. They'll get there. I'm that's like, okay. I'm a performer, so it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, okay. do you want it in a British, a Cockney <laughs> dialect? That's a, that's a weird, um, comment. That's a weird criticism. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. but, I, but I felt, I felt, I felt like I had to reflect to go. No, I actually felt really good. Cause I've yeah. definitely put it on before. No, I practiced it to be, to deliver it me as me. And, yeah. um, yeah. oh, that was so fun. So fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I was just that, that was a big positive, uh, Awesome. Awesome feeling. I work with so many people who in the PT industry who want to be dance physical therapists or physical therapist assistants and imposter syndrome is super real. And so I I like that I'm practicing what I preach and self-love and, uh, and it's awesome. How are you doing on that this year? Um, better. I mean, imposter syndrome, I think for me is always there, like always kind of underlying, the surface, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's pretty normal. You know, the more and more I, I listen or I read about like these famous people who are up on stages and in movies and, you know, people who you think, oh, they have no, they must be like amazing. And no, they, it's the same thing. So I think for me, accepting that it's normal has actually helped decrease it a little bit. Um, instead of feeling like, oh boy, everyone else here is like, amazing. And I'm like the loser trying to keep up. And then I think, nope, that's pretty normal because I think everyone else feels that way as well. Yes. And then once, once I've was able to accept that it makes going up on stage, like I don't get as nervous as I used to. And it's been, um, 
uh, it's been much, much better for me. Even speaking, um, like I was joking, I could say I now I shared the stage with Flotus because yes! at the Future Physical Therapy Summit, I spoke um, for literally a minute and 45 seconds um, as an uh, spokesperson for the brand Waterpick. So Waterpick has these wonderful shower heads and they sponsored the Future Physical Therapy Summit in Washington, D.C. back in September. And so the sponsors got to go up and say a little something. So you had literally less than two minutes and I had to get all their talking points in. But I also like decided to make it funny. So I was just saying things off the cuff. And afterwards, everyone's like, that was a great bit. I love that bit about your parents. I'm like, I didn't think of it as a bit, but okay. Um, but then the good news was afterwards, people came up to the table, the water pick table, you know, in the, in the hall area. And like the one guy was like, I, I wasn't going to come up, but then after that talk, I had to come up and see what you guys are all about. I needed to find out what you were doing and Hey, can you do this? And so for me, I felt as nervous as I was to go up and speak, mainly because it wasn't about me. It was about water picks. So I wanted to do them proud, you know, and afterwards they got so much great feedback and possible partnerships selling through clinics with 700 locations. And Hey, can we do a study with water pick on wound care? Can we do a study with water pick on people living with CRPS and using these like, and that's exactly what they were looking for. So that made me feel like, Whew, much better and gave me a little bit more confidence. And it was also fun to be able to do things kind of off the cuff, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. You should yeah. definitely be proud. That's yeah. so cool. So that was really fun. And then the next speaker, was it the next speaker? Eight, two speakers after me was the first lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden. So yep, there yep. you go. No big deal. No big deal. <sighs> yeah. Just the floatus. So that was really fun. Um, I love but that. that, yeah, for me, I think that was a big highlight of, of the year for me, I guess, professionally, which was really cool. Um, that is cool. That yeah, is so it cool. cool. It was, it was cool. Um, anything else that for you, did we miss anything that you wanted to get in? Yes. For the end okay. of the year? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I now live in Pittsburgh and, uh -huh. and was visiting New York, had a great time. I got to see Karen at one of my favorite salad places. Although I didn't get my normal favorite salad, which now I'm in regret until I go back again and uh. get my favorite salad from sweet greens. It's the kale salad. It's so good. Caesar kale salad. I highly recommend it. If you're going and you want to save some money, cause I love to be cheap in New York. Okay. <sighs> Said that now, I'm not sponsored by sweet green. <laughs> I just love sweet green. Okay. I know we're, dro we're drop We're dropping a lot of like, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> so, like sweet green and also get Levain's cookies. Okay. Yeah. When you go, I, I never have gone to the tourist areas. I avoid it, but I, I spent a lot of time in Times Square because I was going to see Broadway shows. And it's also one of the few Disney stores that still is open. So I had to go in there. I got a wreath I didn't need, but I needed, you know, mm -hmm. and okay. Rockefeller Center. So I go there to meet Stephanie Wyrock. As you, mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. And oh, I, I didn't have enough time with you, Stephanie. But uh, while we were waiting, there's a whole show of lights. Did you know that you knew this? The, the, like it's with music and everything, like Disney. I had no idea. Uh, what, what's the store that that Sachs, does this? Saks yes. Fifth Avenue. Saks Fifth Avenue, and it's like castle and lighting. It was. I was just 
if you don't know, I love Disney, love Disney so much. And this was a Disney experience. And I just, we were waiting in the cold. I'm like all bitter, you know, I just, I'm not happy in the cold. So I'm like, and then the light show. I'm just, <gasps> yeah, it's spectacular. It was so great. I had no idea. And it goes up like every few minutes. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite regular. So Mm -hmm. if you like, oh, we miss it. You're fine. Just wait a few minutes. It'll start again. Mm -hmm. It, I, oh, go see it. Go see it. Don't stand in Times Square for New Year's, but go see that. That was such a wonderful, positive, beautiful moment. And, and, and just great. It was great. Also, there are a lot of great photographers in New York. So if you're ever visiting New York and you want to get stuff for social media, that is the spot to get it. There's so many talented photographers. You can get reasonable prices and, um, and build your social media real fast. All right. That's it. Perfect. Well, before we wrap up the year, where can people find you if they want more information about you and any of your programs? And also let us know what you have coming up in 2022. Okay, well, most immediately, you're going to find me at Disneyland in February this year in 2022, because I'm going to be there on my birthday. Um, If you go there on the 16th of February, um, just let me know and we'll like meet up with you. But no, I'm going to be eating junk food all day. So if you're expecting me to be a healthy influence, I will not be. All right. Um, for me, I'm going to be continuing with my private practice, working with performers and, uh, continuing with helping people live their lives as dance PTs, helping you on the business and treatment side with my dance PT program. But most importantly, cause I'm always like, I'm a performer and physical therapist. I'm doing all this work right now. I am getting back into performing, which I'm really happy about. So I'll be submitting a lot more, which I'm just super stoked. I feel like all my work stuff is, is being, is much more easier to handle. Now I've got it down. Uh, the systems are in place, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I'll get to audition more. Then I'll be a movie star just like that because it's so easy. It'll be great. But I'm really excited about that. What about you, Karen? Oh, that's exciting. Gosh, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to be a movie star or anything. Um, so what do I have coming up? Let's see. Um, this past year, I finished the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. Oh, I highly I recommend anyone to apply to because it's really amazing. Um, how many more plugs can we drop in this episode? Um, and so I'm going to, uh, this year, um, I'm looking to hire another PT for my practice, my PT Ooh. practice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is very fun. Exactly. It grows, but you're like, I'm not going to take all the patients. <laughs> it grows, but time to bring on someone else, which is yes. great. Um, and then, uh, continuing to work with just a couple of people, um, it, with business coaching, I like take four people at a time for me. That's I enough get it. to handle. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. good enough for me. I'm happy to do it. So I'll, that will open back up again, uh, maybe end of January of 2022, because like you said, when you know what you can handle and you know that you can help the people who want to be helped then it's become so much easier. So now I, I've, I feel like I've got this under control. I know how to split up my time and manage my time. And so I'm really looking forward to that in 2022 and we'll see what happens. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, you yeah. are so cool. I love well, what you do. Where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So I have the Dance Physical Therapist Facebook group. So that's one specifically for PT. So you'll find me in there, active conversations, once talking about performing arts research, all that stuff. Um, you can find me at CSM. Oh yeah. Social media, um, dance, physical therapists on Instagram. I am also musical theater doc on there, but I really associate people more regarding musical theater, um, not other PTs. So, um, dance, physical therapists is, is that. And then on Facebook, Jenna Cantor and yeah, I'm j- pretty much Jenna Cantor, Perfect. Um, the, uh, Twitter and Jenna Cantor. Yeah. Your website. JennaCantorPT.com. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for uh, coming on and wrapping up 2022 and for all of your help and friendship throughout the year. I really appreciate it and appreciate you so much. I have to just say the joke that keeps coming to my head. Every time you keep saying wrapping up, I feel like I should be wrapping a present. I just, it's a stupid joke, but I just need to put that in there. Thank you. I said it. Tis the season when in Rome, right? Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again so much. And everyone, thank you so much on behalf of myself and Jenna um, for listening to the podcast all year and for supporting it. And, you know, if anyone has any suggestions on anyone they'd like either one of us to interview, please let us know. You can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC and Instagram at Karen Litzy. Um, you can email me, Karen at KarenLitzy.com. It couldn't be any easier. Or you can find me at KarenLitzy.com. We're super easy over here. Um, so let us let us know if there's any topics or people that you're like, man, I really want to hear from this person. We would be more than happy to see if we can get it done. So thanks again, everyone. Have a very, very happy new year and a healthy 2022. And of course, stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Well, a big thank you to Jenna, and of course, a big thank you to NetHealth, our sponsor for today's episode and through the year. So again, when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, check out NetHealth's digital marketing solutions. They have the tools you need to beat the competition. NetHealth has a new offer if you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win. They'll buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit today. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.